0: Last week, Pastor Mark gave an incredible teaching that I was dreading following up about how to love people that are around you, your earthly enemies. That it's not changing them through your love, but about how us loving them is the most godly thing that we can do. Today, we're going to look at another enemy, and I feel that we fight against this enemy and treat this enemy worse than we treat all of the others, And When we come face to face with earthly enemies, we have some decorum and self-control, whether we should or not. But against this specific enemy, the gloves absolutely come off, and we act and speak as if we have no self-control whatsoever. But first, before I get into that, let's look at how we would stereotypically treat an enemy. What kind of things would you say or speak over an enemy? It would be discouraging things, fake things, negative things. What kind of things do we do to or wish upon an enemy? Harm, failure, fatigue, loneliness. And in general, we just go way out of our way to refrain from doing anything good to those people. You might be struggling for an example, I'll give you one. That person in your office who you don't love, you just think they, maybe they don't work hard or they're not pulling their weight or whatever. But you might hear from your management, oh, if that person doesn't turn their assignment in this week, we're gonna to have to sit down and talk about it. And you have, the, you have the opportunity to give them a heads up. Hey, I think you should really focus on this thing and get it done. Or you can just go, hope they get it done, and move on. That, to me, is an earthly enemy, that person that you have animosity towards. But last week, we learned that this is not okay. But before last week, these are things that we would have said or done or hoped for to our enemies. Today, the enemy I want to talk about is yourself. How do you treat yourself? I see so many Christians that treat themselves as an enemy. You're constantly fighting yourself. You're tearing yourself down. You're belittling yourself. You refuse to move on and you just keep yourself in that failure. And we're going to dive into that destructive pattern today, and just ask God to pull us out of it. So I'm asking you right now: Do you treat yourself as an enemy? Do you love yourself, or do you even know? You just might not have thought about it at all. Now, there's some of you who are thinking this does not apply to you because you've been saved for 300 years, and you went to seminary at Hillsdale College, and uh, this does not apply to you. I'm asking you to trust me keep your heart and your mind open. Because how the Holy Spirit works is that he will take my words and translate them into something that speaks to you directly into your spirit. So no matter what gets said from this pulpit, if you are open and ready to receive, the Lord will speak to you. So this will always apply to everyone who's open and ready to receive from the Lord. All right, I'm going to briefly touch on three things. Thoughts, beliefs, and words. Words. I want you to remember this, your thoughts become beliefs, beliefs become words, and your words will bring life or death. I'm going to say it one more time, your thoughts become beliefs, beliefs become words, and your words will bring life or death. Let's look at thoughts. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. If you can't love yourself, it is going to be extremely hard to fulfill God's purpose for your life. One quick example, let's say you run a small group because you know that in this time of your life that is is what you're called to do. But every single week, you go home from small group and you fall into a little bit of depression because you're drained. A little bit of self-hate, a little bit of doubt starts working in there. It's not okay. You're going to start to hate doing small group. And it's not the small group, it's our thoughts. Let me ask you this. Are the positive thoughts that you are trying to have just noise or resounding gong, as it said in that verse? Even before you finish your thought, have you already begun to cut yourself down in your head? Let me give you an example. These are completely hypothetical. I've never thought or said any of these, and they especially do not come from my wife or any other women in my family. I just want to give a full disclaimer I completely made these up, completely out of the blue. I found them on the internet. Today, I'm gonna be positive and I'm not gonna raise my voice at my children. Before, before you even finish the thought, in the back of your head, you're going, but if that little son of a gun, if he freaking does it again, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna absolutely lose it. Before you even finish the thought, how about this one? I'm going to eat better and whatever people that eat better do after they eat better. <laughs> I literally left that blank. I'm like, whatever happens next, we're going to do that. So like I said, found on the internet, totally hypothetical. Before you even say it, though, in the back of your head, you're like, not going to happen. Just get Taco Bell, crush season five, call it a night. It's, that's how it works. Before you even allow yourself to imagine a good and positive thing for yourself, you cut it down. You can't even allow yourself to think something positive without a negative word coming in. The battle of your mind is so important. That's why Dr. Crystal taught us to say, that is not my thought. And I gotta tell you, I've been saying that very frequently since she mentioned that, as we've been going through this enemy thing, and Pastor Peter thought it was a great idea to pray that God shows us an enemy so that we can learn this lesson, I don't know where he came up with that divine uh, inspiration, but uh, that's not my thought, has been in heavy rotation for me. I want you to look at this verse here. Joshua 1, 8-9, keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Everything he commanded us to be and said to avoid in this verse are all thoughts. They start in your head. Look at this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? That starts inside. Do not be afraid. Fear starts from within. Do not be discouraged. Discouragement starts from within. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is a battle of the mind. When your thoughts become beliefs, beliefs become words, and your words will bring life or death. That's how it works. I want to talk to you for a second about something that my son said to me a week or two ago, and I was like, man, I got to try really hard not to cry today, but then the worship team crushed it, and I cried in worship, so I'm already out of that little contract with myself, so (laughs) bets are off. I cry when I talk about my kids. I love them. Sue me. Whatever. So my oldest son, Mark, is nine, and... He is the inspiration for our Unlimited program. And he has autism, and we are constantly and always working with him and figuring out how he learns and how he grows and, and what he needs to be as successful as he can be in this. But sometimes when I'm not speaking out of love or patience to Mark, he can get really flustered. I'm not going to do it going to do it. So I was having one of those evenings where I felt I should be able to participate less than hope thought. And um, (laughs) in that moment, I was not speaking out of love or patience to my son. He got really flustered and he said something that broke my heart. can sing when I cry? Why can't I talk when I cry? He said, I'm sorry dad, I just don't have a good brain. The fact that I allowed him as his father to get to a point where his thoughts became a belief and his belief became a word and those words were lies. Lies. We will not allow those thoughts to remain in that boy, my other children, or our house. Those thoughts have no place. So Hope and I are making sure, boy, they called it, they called it, I was going to need this. I was a little insulted when they told me I would need it. And How dare you? I needed it. I didn't make it 10 minutes. <clears throat> Hope and I are making sure to show him that it is a lie, and we constantly encourage him. Now he'll run up to me and say, "Dada, here's an idea. That's a genius idea, isn't it?" And I say, "Yes. Yes, it is." In just a few short weeks of pinpointing and attacking that lie and that thought, you can change someone's speech and you can change their outcome. Christians, stop hating yourselves. Your thoughts become beliefs, beliefs become words, and words will bring life or death. So let's look at beliefs. I'm going to make the statement and simply move on to the next section, but I need you to hear me. Your beliefs are not necessarily the things that you say. Your beliefs are not the things that you say they are sometimes. Your true beliefs are made evident by what you treasure, how you treat those close to you, and how you react to adversity and tragedy. What do you treasure? That shows me your beliefs. How do you treat those when no one else is around you? How do you react to adversity? That shows us where your beliefs are. I said I was gonna be brief, let's move on to words. And not get much more brief than that. What's always so strange to me is how we have self-control and conviction enough to hold our tongue with actual earthly enemies. Now, this is a majority. Not all of you all the time. As Pastor Peter says, the big C church. Let's go the church as a whole across the world. 51% of us can at some point hold our tongue. I'm not going to say we're all perfect. But with your, yourself and your inner voice... Man, you let it fly. We are absolutely brutal with ourselves. You say things about yourself that you would be horrified if anyone else heard. Here's the problem with that. Someone else is hearing your thoughts. Are those thoughts you're having building up God's spirit in you or the things that are not of God? What, is, what are those thoughts feeding? What are those words feeding? James 3, 7 through 11, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can I take a, can I go on a little tangent? I'm going to pull a Pastor Mark. I am his offspring, so I feel I should be allowed. Uh, let me pivot real quick. He's saying that this spring, okay, so it comes up and this little stream of water cannot be salt water and fresh water. Salt water, we know if you drink it, it depletes you of the minerals and the things that you need and dehydrates you. Not good. What, what else do we call a stream? your online stream, your social media stream, all those recommended posts, all those pictures, videos, the comparing, the envy, the lust. And then, that very same night, you're going to pull up your phone, pop open you know, Bible Gateway, you're going to pop open your Bible app, try and find a verse, and hope that you find something that allows you to sleep and not be tormented all night by your thoughts. I'm telling you, out of the same Spring and stream, both things cannot flow. You need to get the trash out of your face. Get rid of it. It is not doing anything for anyone. But the Bible's not relevant to us today, right? That's what they say. All right, back to it. But no human being can tame the tongue. Let's look at that. Taming is something you do after something has become wild. Taming is an effect of a cause. But if you can address your thoughts, you won't have to work so hard at taming your tongue because you won't be speaking out of that garbage that you've been allowing yourself to believe. That death won't be so quick to come out of you. Speaking poorly of people won't be so quick to come out of you if you can control the thoughts and the beliefs. Of course nobody can tame it. You're speaking from the heart at that point. I'm gonna say it again. Some of you treat yourself so much worse than you treat any enemy that you have. Your inner dialogue, it's so destructive and hateful that you wouldn't even say it to a person that you thought was like a legit face-to-face enemy because we're Christians. We feel conviction about what we say aloud, but when you think it to yourself, Who's it hurting? Okay, I'm done with all that stuff. We talked about all those. Okay, let's look at some truth right now. What are we really? Who are you really in God's eyes? Psalms 139, three through four. For you were created my... Did I write that right? Yes. For you created my inmost being... You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Ephesians 2.10 says that, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to read that again created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance. That's so important. Hear me now. God created you the way you are for the time that you are in. He crafted your body, your mind, your strengths, your weaknesses with your purpose in mind. He did not look at anyone else's purpose and then make you. He looked at your purpose and made you. And you may think I've done things that are too stupid. I've so far derailed myself from my purpose whatever it is. You know, whether it's really really bad decisions or decisions you think set you back or it could be even I had a baby too young. This can you think he didn't see that? He is outside of time. He saw the mistakes and crafted you for the purpose he has for you. Nothing you've done, if you've come back to Christ, can keep you from the purpose that God has for you. It is not too late. Brothers and sisters, stop hating what God has made special and what is precious in his sight. He made you how he wanted you to be, and he wanted to love you just as you are. Find your purpose in God and stop trying to force yourself to be something that you weren't created to be. you got to stop comparing yourself and beating yourself up that you're not like someone else. He doesn't want you to be someone else. He wants you to be you, and he wants you to live in freedom in his spirit and fulfill the purpose that he gave you. So for myself, all growing up, I thought my purpose was Sports. They came very easily, so naturally I was inclined to those. Because I didn't have to work hard. But I never felt good. Like, even if I had a good game or, you know, whatever success I found, it it never felt good. And it fed all the non-Christ parts of my personality, which are numerous. (laughs) And it's not good. But worship, once I was finished with sports, and I'm like, hey, we have a piano, maybe I'll... uh, tickle the ivories for a minute and see how that goes. Um, Worship did not come easy. It was and is a struggle. And I fail really hard sometimes. And you know, because you experienced it. So thank you for being so gracious with me. It does not come easy, but God rewards my effort exponentially. And even when I fail, I feel fulfilled because I know that for this season, this is what he's called me to do. And whether I'm perfect at it or not, I am giving my best towards his purpose. And I feel fulfilled. Stop trying to force yourself into something he didn't create you to be. Find your purpose. Thoughts become beliefs and beliefs become words and words speak life or death. I'm going to say it again because it's so important. He does not want you to be someone else. So stop comparing yourself to someone else. Your emotions, your body, your mind are all made in the image of our Lord and are perfectly made for his purpose for you. You are not your enemy. You're not. Stop thinking about it. You're not the enemy. Pastor Peter, as I, can you come up as I close this out? Some of you here, you know what, can go ahead and stand with me? Some of you here allow yourselves to think those same things that my son Mark believed. Whether it's from disappointment, or fear, or loneliness, you say, I just don't have a good heart. I'm trying, but I don't have a good body. I don't have a good mind. I don't have a good personality, whatever it is for you. Maybe some of you didn't have anyone to point out the lie in you that you've allowed yourself to believe. And you probably think it's too late. I am how I am. I'm negative, but I get my stuff done. So whatever. No, you were made for a purpose. A specific purpose that our God needs you to correct your thinking and fulfill. So I want to tell you what I told my son. I want you to look at me now. Your brain is good. Your heart is good. Your body is good you were made in the image of the risen Lord that you were so special that the God that created the heaven and earth, the beginning and the end, that he gave you a purpose and he wants to do everything he can to help you fulfill it he crafted you for it and he wants you
1: you've got six minutes left you've got six minutes left Well, we'll just stand here for six minutes then. Which might not be a bad thing for us to just take a moment to just receive the Holy Spirit to to minister to us. So let's just close our eyes and if you want to upturn your hands you can do that too or raise your hands. I think it'd be a good time to, to receive. Repeat after me, Papa, I'm sorry for not believing you. I'm sorry for not loving what you made because what you made is always good. Help me to see me like you see me. Help me to think like you think about me. Help me to feel about me how you feel about me so I can stop questioning what you're calling me to. I can stop questioning my capacity. I can stop questioning the great things you want to give me. And I speak to you all right now, and I tell you the Father's forgiveness is upon you. The Father's forgiveness is upon you. The Father's forgiveness is upon you. Do not be defined by what someone else says about you unless it reflects what the Father thinks about you. So I want you to receive that in your heart right now, and I want you to let go let go of past experiences let go of past words and repeat what the father says about you just let go no that's not mine my dad said my brain's good no my dad said i can do this well but my dad's bigger than your dad so i'm going to keep believing my dad my dad's bigger than your dad i've got a big dad Father, I pray you would fill every person up right now with your spirit. From the top of their head to the bottom of their feet and to overflowing. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.